Emily, how do you feel about UAP government conferences and and memes about David Grush? Oh God, are we really just going straight into it? We're just really yeah. we're going we're going straight into David Grush. Oh yeah. good lord. You know, he was actually on a, um, he was on the BBC last night. He mm. did a BBC interview. I can't even, I, I watched it at like 3am. I can't even remember exactly what it was that he said. Um, but he seems to have gone global, you know, like the, um, whatever it is that is uh, currently unfolding is now hitting my shores as well, which is um, fun to watch. I had somebody in the, um, in like my real world life, um, the other day asked me to concisely explain what the hell was going on with everything and I was like how on earth do you expect me to concisely explain all of this nonsense it's, it's, it's crazy I, I honestly can't even formulate an opinion on it like but I, I oscillate between like is this a grift is it a psyop what the hell is going on I, I don't I feel like I'm still um formulating a concise opinion you know <laughs> yeah but it's like every, every day there's something new you know every day a new unfoldment is that the word unfoldment uh, yeah I, uh, we'll accept that that is a yep. that is a word for this podcast uh we accept I love all that we've words d- i love i love that we've done no intro we've just gone what the hell's all- going on that's all this is that's all this is <laughs> this is what this is what they're getting because like this is my this is my palate cleanser because like uh in in and one of the reasons that I I wanted to have you on is because we're basically doing the same damn thing. Oh yeah, it's weird. It's weird. We do, both decided to just cover like this the exact same time period. Exactly. Like and <laughs> and it was funny because like um I think it was when you were asking for um I don't know if this is your first call out for like VO stuff, but when I messaged you, you were like, oh yeah, I'm like doing this cattle mutilation stuff. I was like, oh, I'm doing that right now too. Cause like, you know, that's where all this disinfo stuff really starts. And it's like, yeah. oh, we're doing the same damn thing. Yeah, like literally going back to the roots. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, definitely been interesting, like digging into it. Cause I kind of, I feel like I am, I knew like a bit, like kind of, you know, like the snippy case and things like that. And a little bit about like the Dulcie stuff as well. Um, and I think you're probably more well-versed in like general cattle mutilations than I am at the moment. Because I feel like I've kind of honed in on this very specific, like these very specific cases. Mm. Um, but like it's wild, some of the some of the stuff, like the things that about like Dulcie, you know, mm. like all of the... um like with all of the testing there you know like operation gas buggy all of that kind of stuff mm. and the atomic energy commission and the environmental protection agency potentially doing like uh ad hoc investigations on some of the livestock in the area although they mm. won't say that it was you know they were mm-hmm. doing cattle mutilations it's very kind of like it makes you wonder like what the hell was going on yes oh yeah like 
you know what's what I find endlessly fascinating here is like so you have Dave Pilatus, the, the biggest piece of shit out there right now. Um, I have no you're problem so, saying you're that. You're so right. No, you're so right. I, I would, yeah, he's an absolute scumbag. It's a so, bit. Can we just change this to a David Pilatus hate podcast? <laughs> <laughs> right. I hate him. I think he's terrible. He is terrible. So he is terrible. And, and and what I find so fascinating is the guys. He, you know, have you seen Missing Four One One: The UFO Connection? No, I haven't. And I, but I know there's something. Isn't there something in it about vasectomies or something like that? Like yes, got, right. Okay, <laughs> that's the only thing I feel like I'm vaguely familiar with because I saw yes. it on Twitter, but I, I haven't actually watched the film. I watched the first Missing 411 and yeah. Yeah, like that's really all you need. Uh, so uh, one of the fe- the stories that he features is the story of Carl Higdon. And Carl Higdon, he was abducted in Wyoming in 1974. He uh, comes back and one of the things that he says is that he believes because he has had a vasectomy that the aliens had no use for him. So they just brought him back. So Dave Politis is out there and he's trying to, you know, connect the dots here because his main thing that he's trying to connect is that there's a connection between UFOs, uh, deer and elk getting chronic wasting disease and Carl Higdon's vasectomy so there's another guy that went missing like just a few years ago i want to say right and they never found his body until last year two months before he released the documentary so like he had time to fix this he never did so the guy is like oh he he was missing it was like you had time to put something in your documentary to say oh well his body was found in october 2022 but you decided not to do that yeah so dave politis literally turns to this guy the this missing guy's girlfriend and says did he have a vasectomy oh you're joking oh oh my god Oh, honestly, he's just the worst. I tell you what, I remember years and years ago in 2015, I did a a road trip across the state Mm. and I went to um, the Bigfoot Discovery Museum Mm -hmm. in California, Northern California. And the guy that runs it, super cool guy. He's, you know, he's properly Bigfoot pilled. Like he will play you the recordings Mm -hmm. of Bigfoot. He convinced me, you know, like these recordings are pretty wild. Anyway, I was started talking to him because I asked him what he thought of Dave Pilides. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was not a fan. He was like the guy, he was like the guy's fucking idiot. He's like ruining Bigfoot research because mm-hmm. he's just terrible. I yes. mean, I followed him on Twitter for a while and that was a horrific experience. The man is like so vehemently, like I would go so far as to say like he's he's a fascist, like yes. for sure. Yes. He's like incredibly homophobic, transphobic, just a gross pet. He's like always, he's like, oh, the Marxists are coming. And te-. like, he's just an idiot. He's an absolute idiot. I hate him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't he need just, to he apologize. doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He thinks Joe no. Biden's a Marxist, you know, like yes. it's just, it's like utterly crazy. Like, I, th- why what makes you think that joe biden is a marxist because there is nothing <laughs> in that man's that man loves business he <laughs> loves it 
Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's a big fan of the capitalism. So yeah, but apparently he's um he's a Marxist. So you know, Joe Biden confirmed communist according to Dave Politis. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after I I interviewed David Rydell for the the episode that I'm doing on Pat McGuire, um, mm-hmm. because we briefly talked about the um how after he wrote his article about his dad and you know he's saying and uh you know he's he's trying to come to terms with the way that he was raised and how his dad Mm -hmm. was and like Mm -hmm. how the process towards um healing and acceptance is like oh okay so like you know my dad went through some really weird stuff and like i should have listened to him and 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 all this stuff granted He did not have a great upbringing, but like Dave Politis makes a 30 some odd minute video. The first 10 minutes is literally him. Like the thing about David Politis, before we even get into this video, Dave <laughs> Politis makes everything about himself. Every oh, of course, there's ego ma- egomaniac. Yes. Full on egomaniac. So, yeah. So for the first 10 minutes of this video is literally about him uh, going for this hike and he's scolding all of these people for not having bear spray and stuff like that. He's like, you haven't watched my YouTube videos. Why haven't <laughs> you watched? If you watch my videos, you'll know what to put in your. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah. He's awful. I hate him so much. This yeah. is just, this is going to be like an hour of me going fucking hate David Politis. Like literally the worst. <laughs> I just need. I need to surround myself with people that make me feel sane for hating the man because oh, are... he's just he's terrible. Yeah, he he really is. So, first ten minutes goes on this hike, scolds people about not having bear spray, all that stuff, and then he gets into the article. He literally kind of cherry picks from the article as he's like reading the whole thing, or at right. least most of the thing, and he like half of it is just like he he's a reactionary first and oh, foremost. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and. He starts reacting because there are members of his family that he's had a falling out with. Like, that's the the main crux of this video is this is about Dave Politis's shit. And, uh, you know, taking an article written by a guy who's being sincere, saying, like, you know, kind of like almost forgiving his dad in many ways mm-hmm. for for the life that he had, the life that he lived. And I'm just going to say it now. Leo Sprinkle. Fuck Leo Sprinkle. But like, you know, (laughs) like I'm Leo Sprinkle had to have ruined a lot of lives. He just had to. Oh, Undoubtedly. We'll get into Leo Sprinkle in a bit. Finish your Politis bit first, then we'll get on. So we'll drag Politis to death (laughs) first. And then we'll, then we'll beat Leo Sprinkle. (laughs) Yes, rest in peace, Leo Sprinkle. We are about to drag your corpse on this podcast. So he's literally sitting there and he starts pointing his finger at the camera and he literally threatens David on camera. And, you know, he he basically says, if I ever meet you, I'm not going to I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to. And I'm like, dude, he says this. Yes, he literally says this in this video. Yeah. That's like, Like, they don't don't know each other. They don't, 
but David Politis is annoyed because this man had the audacity to write about his life experiences. Yeah, like part of it is, you know, uh, writing about Pat, but like also because Pat was featured in his documentary. Right, 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 right. That is his story now. So like he gets to have like full range, full commentary. Right, on right. It. And and remind me, Pat was in A Strange Harvest as well, right? Yes, he's he guy, was. He's he's the guy that is hypnotized by Leo Sprinkle yeah. in A Strange Harvest. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And like the fact that uh and, and this was what David said, he's been he was hypnotized upwards of 50 times. That it's is insane. It is like and also the fact that he would show it off to colleagues, just like bring him in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hypnotize him. Like, th- that is not ethical. And thank God the man lost his job in like 1989, though, uh, though I don't think he lost it for that long because I think he was still affiliated with the university like after that. But I, I know that he lost his job for a period of time. But well, he's he. The first time that I ever heard of him was obviously his involvement in the Myrna Hansen case as part mm-hmm. of like, you know, Paul Benowitz and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I first heard about that reading, re- reading, reading um, Project Beta by Greg Bishop, where mm-hmm. they talk about where he talks about um, Paul and Leo Sprinkle would hypnotize Myrna Hansen in the back of um, Paul's car with the tinfoil windows and all this kind of stuff. And they were even trying to regress her son, who was like really, really young. He was like nine years old. Like, I mean, really just like the most bonkers stuff you've ever heard. It's like hypnosis as a form of like, like hypnosis to regress people so they go back and like experience the past right this past experience it makes you it opens you to like all manner of suggestions right mm-hmm. yeah. it's totally unethical i'm not saying that you can't have repressed memories right you people absolutely can yeah. um and you know you block out a lot of stuff that's traumatic that's you know that's something that just happens and i think that you can have some forms of regression that are ethical but i think it's really like few and far between and you really have got to find somebody that is like that doesn't have a bias that they're going to yeah. put into into you know what what you're trying to uncover leo mm-hmm. sprinkle was a big believer in aliens you know yes. believed in aliens ufos everything he was he was like a huge believer and he inserted that story into almost you know miraculously he just gets loads and loads of patients that all seem to have had these same experiences and it's like oh i wonder why like there's passages there's like a bit in that book mute evidence where he's literally planting i can't remember the exact um the exact case or like who exactly he was working with at the time but he planted um basically like a a bit of like cattle mutilation stuff into this mm-hmm. person's hypnotic regression it's it's horrific because when when you're dealing with somebody that is you know under hypnosis you've got somebody that's you know already in kind of a mentally fragile state and then you've got them hypnotized to mm-hmm. the point where you can you really can influence that person's memory and that person's thoughts it's it's so unethical yes and just and the fact that these people have been able to go um for this long like with their with their reputations and like their memories somewhat intact mm-hmm. you know like people in the ufo world will still kind of talk about 
people like Leo Sprinkle with a kind of reverence, right? Yes. Like, like you know, oh, he's been involved in some great, you know, great thing, Leo Sprinkle, you know. The guy was an arsehole. I'm sorry. Like, just <laughs> even that is like putting it lightly. Like you yeah. said, like, this is potentially a man that is that has destroyed people's lives yes. through hypnosis. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like, there has to come a put like, there's a lot of, um, you know, like the British, um, uh, like Bufora band, um, yes. hypnotic regression. And there's a lot, I think that's come out recently, you know, more people in the UFO world are kind of talking about it and how unethical and unreliable and how it shouldn't be used. But like, there was that time period, you know, like from the, late 60s onwards until mm-hmm. you know the 90s even you know so even even now you've got people like barbara lamb i don't know if you're familiar with barbara yes. lamb so yep. she does all the kind of um you know she's another one that just so happens to get a bunch of you know human hybrids come to her and then she'll uncover that they're all human hybrids it's like oh mm-hmm. what a coincidence you know that all these people are coming to you and then suddenly they just so happen to be hybrids it's like um she did a she did a um a regression on Anjali. And I think mm. it's all on YouTube where you can watch it and you can you can see um Anjali slowly discovering that she's a she's a part human hybrid. I mean it's just yes. nuts. Because you it look is. at this person, it's like they specialize in this one thing and then suddenly everybody is that thing. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And and then like, you know, when it comes to Leo Sprinkle, I think the like the really interesting thing there is like every single connection between cattle mutilations and alien abduction comes from him. Every mm. single one. Judy Doherty, mm. Pat McGuire, yeah. Myrna Hansen, yeah. uh, that person in mute evidence. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. who it is, but like, yeah, like that's a bit suspicious. Also, the man gave um uh, reverence to Stan Romanek's story. I think he, you know, induced hypnosis for him a few times, but like, right. uh, it's just like the, the UFO community kind of needs to look inward at, uh, and it's not even like the modern, it's not even like the UFO Twitter crowd right now. It's people mm. that are like in my circles that look back on this now that have to yeah. look at things through a different lens now because, yeah. oh, hypnosis is not a very reliable tool. So there's that mm. one. Two, there are people that definitely had agendas when it came to doing hypnotic regression. And like, mm. as much as I hate to say it, got to take into question John Mack stuff as much as, mm-hmm. you know, John Mack, I think... Um, I was probably like one of the most um qualified people to do it. Still, like you used regressive hypnosis to do it. So I, I mean, I've already talked enough shit about Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs because they are oh, absolutely gosh. the fucking worst. Yeah. Uh, but like, and and I think even. Benjamin Simon, because like I don't, Benjamin Simon was not prepared for what Betty and Barney Hill told him. Yeah, uh, well, and there's, I, I also think that another thing, maybe I'm going, maybe I'm going to be your more conspiratorial guest on mm-hmm. this podcast. I think another thing that people need to think about is like where, where do a lot of these people come from, and a lot of the connections that a lot of these people have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's it's part you're dealing with people's beliefs but you're also you know like this community attracts some very spooky characters yes um 
and always has you know people mm-hmm. that are very connected to military the military um to the air force to a lot of intelligence agencies um and one of the things that I'm trying to do at the moment with like Leo Sprinkle, because he was involved in so many of these cases, is like trying to get access to archives and things like that, you know, and trying to kind of dig into it a little bit more and see see um what's there. And I think that a lot of people should do that with with with, you know, people should do that more with yes. a lot of these characters. Um yeah. and find out, you know, who they are. You know, it's like you mentioned Betty and Barney Hill, right? Um mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite books on this topic is um, Martin Cannon's The Controllers. I don't know if you've ever read it. No, I haven't. Oh, I have to send it to you. Okay, it's 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 going down the more conspiracy route, but I think it's and I will say that um, in later years he says that he's not a fan of it much anymore. Um, he kind <laughs> of like denounced it himself, but I still think it's really. Um, is a really interesting thesis that he puts forward mm. and he talks very briefly in it about um the betty and barney hill case and he brings up i mean he doesn't bring this up actually in the controllers but he brought it up on an interview recently with erica lukes that um betty and barney hill were obviously very um connected with like a lot of activist communities yeah. right they were in the nwacp they were obviously um a uh interracial couple um in a time period that you know that's uh very controversial um and martin cannon also said that betty hill was a communist um that mm-hmm. she was a member of the communist party so in his um thesis the controllers he kind of kind of talks about um their abduction and other abductions as being part of um how would i how would i explain it more more kind of like intelligence agencies some form of of you know like uh you know military abductions that yep. kind of stuff you know yep. in also in connection with um you know cointelpro mind control all of that kind of stuff it's a great read I'm probably not explaining it very well, but I would highly recommend it. And and you know, Martin Cannon is a one of the um really good researchers on this topic as well. And um yeah. It, there's a lot, there's a lot of like a lot of these cases, you know, like like abduction cases, um that have like really strange like strange connections to military and intelligence agencies right so like there's another um i don't know if you read um getting spooked newsletter Mm -hmm. by tanner writes it um and he's got a whole series on um bosco nedelkovic yes kind of be involved in um is it villa villa spirus yeah antonio v yeah 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 so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of strange stuff a lot of spooky characters so i feel like um I feel like uh, people should uh, dig into that a little bit more, especially now. Like, look at all of the people that are coming forward now. Like, we spoke about Grush. Like, look at the look at the guy's resume. Like, resume. Look where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Angelie, you know, another person who claims to have been abducted, but she worked in counterintelligence at the Pentagon. She has got like a, you know, again, look at her LinkedIn profile. Look at the places where these people work. Look who they're connected to. It's very, it's disturbing because 
a lot of these characters get kind of welcomed in to the UFO community with open arms. It's like now even even like Rick Doty's had a bit of a, you know, like been allowed in. He's all mm-hmm. over Gaia and and people, you know, kind of accepting him with open arms almost. And it's like, at what point at what point do you at what point do you go, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be letting all these people from military and intelligence agencies into this community like maybe that's not a good thing right Uh, like when you think about it the ufo topic it should be like a grassroots kind of thing that like you know people it shouldn't be members of the military it shouldn't be members of the government it shouldn't be anybody that has any kind of affiliation to the government that is investigating this kind of stuff i mean like Regardless of what you think of Carl T. Flock, like he did do his I mean, I would say he I mean he was CIA, but he was See, also... immediate, and then I'm immediately like get him out. Get him out. If he's CIA, <laughs> but, get him out. But he was also one of the ones that's like, no, Roswell's a hoax. It's bullshit. And like th- yeah. the wild thing is is that all of the stuff that is prevalent UFO pop culture, um, Roswell, mm-hmm. alien abductions, cattle mutilations, um, the uh, the MJ twelve stuff, uh, which like I feel like MJ twelve had to oh, have been God. inspired at some point by the protocols of the Elders of Zion. There's no way that it wasn't because I think yeah. I think that one document there kind of set the tone for every conspiracy because it's literally a document that is uh like an accounting of minutes of a meeting because lord knows when you're planning your government conspiracies you've got to write it down you've got to put it on paper it's got to be there and of course you know that that document has gone on to um been it's been used by like i think i think it's been published in goddamn near like every fucking country that i can think of it's been published oh, yeah. in japan it's been published in colombia it's been published uh it was i mean henry ford jesus christ he loved the fuck oh, yeah. out of that yeah. so it's like and and the sad thing is it's like i have to head into that territory soon and i don't want to oh yeah no so well you know like bill cooper obviously published that in behold a pale horse i would say i i would say um the mj12 stuff is is interesting because i don't know i i feel like i went into like research in the and i'm not an expert on mj12 i've i've you know spent a while looking at it i still don't feel like i fully understand it that's you know that is probably an upcoming video at some point it's definitely an upcoming video at some point um, but it's it's a minefield and it's designed to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing seemed to have started with it obviously started with Paul Benowitz because the first mention of of Majestic 12 is on a document from Kirtland Air Force Base involved with Rick Doty and all, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff that was going on. But they also had that book project, him, Bill Moore, and I think Bob Pratt, I think. Yes. I, I hope I'm yep. not getting it wrong where they were going to write a book and it was going to be majestic. And it was mm-hmm. about um, a, uh, it was basically a fictionalized version of Rick Doty and then a Dr. Berkowitz, mm-hmm. you know, and all, all of this kind of stuff. So I'm like, 
I, I went into it thinking, obviously, it is, you know, it was a psyop. It was kind of, you know, sanctioned from Kirtland Air Force Base, where a lot of this um, stuff came from. But there's also like a a weird kind of, uh, like a, I can't really put my finger on it or even really explain it properly. But this whole kind of thing that was going on with like Bill Moore and Rick Doty, I feel like there's a lot more to that than yes. than, than anybody really knows except for those two. And I don't yes. think that, you know, Bill Moore's gonna Bill Moore doesn't talk to anyone um and is not involved in this anymore. And Rick Doty spins you a web of lies every time he opens his mouth. So I don't think that in terms of like the truth of it, um, that anybody really knows. But I think I think that you know, you know, people have got a pretty good grasp on it now. Like obviously it's explored in um Mirage Men by Mark Pilkington, which is in my opinion, one of the best books on mm-hmm. this subject yep. um and then obviously sources spooks and kooks by adam go rightly goes into it project beta goes into it as well but again i'm like very uh, i don't know like i'm sc- i'm skeptical about the whole thing uh, my whole thing about this is like i don't trust anyone that's involved involved in it I don't, you know mm-hmm. i don't really trust anybody at all because i feel like there's so much like oh how do i describe it it's like psyops then it's grifts and it's big personalities and egos and people doing these weird things and people just like being very bizarre and discordian and doing these ARGs and what is reality and like trying to really like mess with people's heads. And that's what this topic is designed to do. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's designed to drive you crazy so that you don't look into it properly or you just buy what people are selling, you know? And it's like now, it's like even with the the Grush stuff, right? So like he's there in front of Congress talking about non-human biologics. I don't know how that's any different than Rick Doty being the first one to talk about extraterrestrial biological entities. It's the same stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same exact thing. same stuff. Yeah. Literally. Like, and like I made, it, I made a TikTok about that because like Showtime has that series that they did on like UFOs. I think it was yeah. like last year or whatever. And it's the, the one promo image that they came out with or the one promo video that they came out with, because, you know, they're trying to piggyback off of the, uh, the hearing is it's Rick Doty and he's talking about Eben. And I'm like, oh, uh, and he doesn't call the alien Eben on it. He's, yeah. He literally says, uh, the alien's name was Eben. I'm like, motherfucker, that was the acronym yeah. that you came up yeah. with. Yeah. And it was literally the title of an X-Files episode. What the fuck oh, are you talking it's about? Wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's like absolutely wild, especially like, again, and and I was, so I kind of got into enjoying all this stuff as like a true believer to begin with like I, mm-hmm. I went to area 51 multiple times i bought the bob lazar story like 100 percent. i thought that guy was legit i was like really into this as a believer um and it was only when i really first started like doing the youtube stuff and really researching it more that i started to realize how much of this is complete disinformation so like all coming so much of it comes from that time period that we're talking about and you know the time period that we're both kind of covering um and that's and the psychological operation that came out of kirtland air force base against paul benowitz and linda moulton howe and other ufo researchers and all of this stuff like extraterrestrial biological entity that comes out out of this Mm-hmm. So much of it, you know, the underground bases, the 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 um alien human hybrid programs, all of all of this stuff, and then it 
it makes its way into pop culture through my one of my favorite TV shows of all time, The X Files, which got me into this kind of stuff as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's and it is insane when you watch it when you know, like you've done all the research, you've been reading about it, you know all that kind of, you know what it is and where it comes from. When you then go back and watch some of the X Files episodes, you're like, oh my fucking god. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the thing that drives me crazy because I'm like, how much of that is deliberate to like try and seed these things into like popular culture? And it's um Jack Brewer writes a little bit about this in his book, The Grades Have Been Framed, about how, you know, like intelligence agencies like seeding memes into the population. Yeah. Um, and kind of pushing pushing these ideas. And it and it feels very similar. Well, it's the exact same thing that's happening now with like Grush and um and all of those people and you know the people that he hangs around with, hangs around with, you know what I mean? Like associates <laughs> hangs around he's hanging around with him. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you know, yeah. like Gary Nolan and the Diana Pasolkas and you know, all of those. It it's all just very strange. And it has like a weird um kind of new religious movement feel to it right mm-hmm. so like obviously the field i'm sorry i keep i'm like rambling i feel like i'm ranting no no you're you're good you're obviously good. like the field of ufology has always had like that religious element to it even going back to some of the earliest you know like the contactees like your mm-hmm. you know your george adamski's van tassel um you know the other guys whose names i can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> But a lot yeah, of Angelucci. Had, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lo- loads of them all had um, connections. Not all of them, but a lot of them had connections. To, you know, like Theosophy and New Age movements. Um, and so there's always kind of been that religious aspect of like the aliens have come and they are trying to give messages. You know, they're mm-hmm. trying to um, help almost in in like humanity's moving to the next level. Um, you know how we're going to progress so there's always been a little bit that of that there and part of me the, the very conspiratorial part of me conspiratorial conspiracy minded maybe paranoid part of me again yeah. wonders whether or not that was almost seeded from the very beginning like there's a, a there's a um i can't i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head um i have to send it to you later but there's an article by a guy and it's referenced in mirage men where it's basically talking about the possibilities of Adamski, like Adamski, the contactee, being being targeted by um, some sort of military intelligence agency, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and you know, like told all of these things. Um, so it's very, it's it is all very like fascinating, but it's also maddening. Like it's yes. it, it it does drive me crazy because I'm like, we're never really gonna know. You know, I've no. got my hunches about the whole thing, um, and I think the kind of uh, especially now like if you look on you know ufo twitter it is it, it, it is religious for a lot of people you know like this is it's like insulting their religion when you say you know where, where's the proof where mm-hmm. is the proof you don't need the proof anymore it's just vibes now it's all just vibes that is <laughs> the perfect way to put it it is all <laughs> just vibes it, that, yeah. that really is and like you know, depending upon what your flavor of, of ufology is, mm-hmm. that's what it is most of the time. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's always that measure uh, when I look at, at at cases where when things start to look a little too logical, that's when you know it's bullshit. Like, yeah. th- when, when logic sets in, 
it's too bullshit because like let's be honest if there are aliens visiting this planet they don't know how to fucking act they're complete fucking idiots okay like that's just that's just what they are they don't know what the human customs are and i don't think aliens uh, like there's this perception that you know that white house lawn perception thing where it's like yeah. hey they're gonna land on the white house lawn they don't know yeah. where the fucking white house is what they don't even know what it is so how in the hell are they gonna land on the white house lawn if they're aliens they're out they're taking a trip they see this planet it's got some like life forms that are walking upright uh you know on this uh on this planet and you know what's funny is that you know, we're talking about non-human biologics. Do you know what this planet is filled with? <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> There's a ton of non-human biologics on this yeah. planet. Yeah. Wild. Isn't it? It, really well, it is. also, doesn't it also doesn't it also make you think how many of these um these experiences, you know, like abduction experiences? And again, I'm not I would never cla- well, I don't think of myself as a debunker at all. I would say that I don't particularly believe um, that in in you know an alien abduction, but I do believe that a lot of these people are having experiences, and I I mm-hmm. don't want to say exactly what they are because um, I can't. But my hunch is, you know, like given some of the messages that some of these people receive, and given what some of these people see, they describe humans in a yeah. lot of cases. These yeah. are human beings, so right. it does make me wonder you know like how much of it is for whatever purpose you know is being kind of um manufactured in a way yeah yeah exactly there's there's a lot of examples i think um that you can point to for that like it, it really is wild some of them you know like you know like um look at you know like the tall white aliens you know the like most the most racist alien out there yeah, yeah. well yeah exactly <laughs> but you know like a lot of these are like human they're like humans I- i'm uh, it's baffling to me mm-hmm. you know yes and like i think that's why i love um all of this stuff like pre-1981 because like mm-hmm. You know, even if you're looking at like, oh, even then, you know, but even if you go back then, it's it's still su- it's sus. It's been sus since the beginning, Rob. Oh we yeah, just got to live yeah. with it. You just yeah. got to live with it. But like, I, I think like the, the the thing that I always enjoy is like, you know, if you do look at Joe and Nichols' alien timeline, some of those aliens look unhinged as fuck. Like yeah. they are just completely weird. Uh, like like uh, Robert Taylor's experiences, for instance, in um. I think what Scotland. Uh, Not he, sure, I'm familiar with this. So Robert Taylor worked in, I, I think he worked like in like an environmental department, like a forestry or something like that. Right. And in 1979, he was going out doing his job, and he sees this weird looking UFO, and it's like, it's relatively small, but it has like what look like little miniature kind of helicopter blades on them like the like really right. to really small and tiny ones but like right. he's standing there he's watching this thing and he sees these two things get out and he thinks that they're aliens and what they look like are basically like sea mines like i'm gonna say i'm gonna send you a picture of, of what these look like in the chat hold on i gotta find it um because it is it's it's one of the strangest um 
the picture of yeah okay so the bbc has it good okay so oh this is... okay that's um that's very yeah. uh unique yes <laughs> but essentially it's something out of minesweeper yeah it, that's that's pretty much what it looks like yeah. it is it, it does look like something out of minesweeper so robert taylor he uh he ends up blacking out um right. and one of those objects was i i believe it was started coming towards him and it like jolted him or something he blacks out and right. like but like it is completely unhinged like that that don't it, look again, like an alien that just looks no like a no it doesn't mine. but again do you know what that looks like to me that looks like secret military technology to yeah me. right that's right. what that looks like that's when my mind goes immediately i'm like yeah because mm. i because i'm i wouldn't say that i'm like a total non-believer in, mm -hmm. in you know like the, but i don't really believe anymore in, right. in you know aliens like like i used to um right I think that I 100% believe in people's experiences. Not all of them. I think we've got some, we've got a lot of grifters. But oh, yeah. I believe it, it, in a lot of people's stories, right? Which is which is I think what would differentiate me from like a debunker, right? I'm not mm -hmm. I don't want to seek to disprove, but I'm more kind of interested in um like I think there's a bit more of a terrestrial explanation to a lot of this stuff, which I think is 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 mm -hmm. in a way um I know that a lot of people don't find it interesting because they want to believe in, you know, aliens coming down and it being this um, kind of, you know, life-changing, earth-shattering thing. But I think it's more important if it's if there's, like, terrestrial explanations to this. It's like with the, with the cattle mutilation stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so much of that can be chalked up to a lot of, of you know, like very earthly things like environmental testing and um, mm -hmm. testing on animals to um, see what diseases there are in meat supply, even down to, um, I don't know how to explain this concisely, but even down to, you know, like political reasons like um in the late 1970s you've got things like the sagebrush rebellion that's just mm. getting going and yeah. you know kind of like the management of federal lands and yeah. i feel like there could have been some involvement from private companies say like big oil and gas companies that wanted to find a way to get access to private lands and this cattle mutilation phenomena really riled up a lot of ranches who then perceived the government as being responsible for it right so you're kind of like stoking you're stoking the fire somewhat i can't prove it it really is just a theory but i feel like a lot of that stuff is a lot more believable than you know, um like christopher o'brien says um aliens coming down and making a lip and eye stew you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense and obviously like linda moulton how and people like that will say to you oh well um they they're getting something from the cows you know there's something specific in the cows that they're taking i just don't i don't buy it at all linda bolton now also says that bigfoot is ripping cats in half so you can well, take that you, for... you, ne you never know do you you never <laughs> yeah. know you really don't. Um, <laughs> it could well be. She could be right about that one, you know? Right. I don't know. I don't want to it's... discount her straight away. I mean, I would discount her straight away because she interviewed a literal Nazi. Um, and then, you know, and she's done that quite a lot, actually. And that's another thing. She's gotten away with that. She um, took a guy to 
to some hearing in Washington ages ago and had him talking about Vril, you know? Right. Like, uh, like you know, uh. we're really talking about the Nazi shit that kind yes. of gets into this. Um, yes. She's another one that's kind of just, you know, nothing stopping her grift. No. <laughs> but, I did, but, I, but I will say, again, mm. I've got a bit of a soft spot. Uh, soft spot for her because she was targeted by Rick Doty right back mm-hmm. in 1983 she's at Kirtland Air Force Base she sat down in a chair given all this stuff given these papers by Rick Doty you know that she's buying fully fully buying at this point because obviously she's made a strange harvest um she's met all these people that are talking to her about aliens she's in this kind of you know she's already thinking about aliens she's got this documentary coming up about aliens with hbo and then suddenly this person at an, at an air force base you know like this is official mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a there is a kind of like you know in in um, there's a kind of reverence for um the military and intelligence people, you know, mm-hmm. a- and for her it being sat down and shown all this information could have been completely life changing and sent her off on a course that she would never, never have gone on otherwise. Or I mean, she was already kind of halfway down the rabbit hole. He just kind of dragged her down further. But I do have empathy for that because I feel like a lot of the times. Or a lot of the time, even, um, we talk about Paul Benowitz, right? Because he's kind of become the face of this um, yeah. being targeted. But Linda Moulton Howe was as well, yes. um, and people people do kind of forget that. So I'm not trying to like, like you know, like run defence for Linda <laughs> Moulton Howe. I feel like at this point she should probably know better. But I do have a little bit of empathy for her in that um, in that sense, you know, being a victim of Air Force psyop isn't going to be good i also think that linda moulton howe is the case for like the textbook case of denial and like not wanting to believe because i you know if you watch uh mirage men the documentary she doesn't want to talk about it she doesn't want to and it's almost like she doesn't even want to consider that she was fooled by somebody like this is this is a misstep in you know my career or whatever however you know she frames it it's like if imagine imagine if after this instead of going down the roads that she has um she'd just gone to therapy and and you know like maybe maybe it would have been a totally different you know kind of situation but like yeah like there yeah i do have a fair amount of empathy for her just because of like one thing that you could say about her regardless of how false she is about everything um she's very passionate about what she you know oh yeah and she's 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 a great documentary film a strange harvest is a banging documentary i mean when that when that synth comes on oh yeah when the yeah. synth comes on and you're going inside the cow's ass, beautiful. You know, yeah. it's a wonderful, <laughs> it's a wonderful experience. <laughs> it is. It is literally, you know, that butcher's joke about putting your head up a cow's ass. That's literally yeah. what. That's literally what this phenomenon yeah. is. It's like yeah. you got to put your head up there. You got to figure out what's going on. And yeah. it's like, and I think like the whole cattle mutilation thing became a thing because mm. of how fucked up snippy's body looked when they found it like that carcass <laughs> yeah, I mean, when yeah. they 
like because like that doesn't look normal and like what's your take what's your take on snippy what do you think happened well sorry lady everybody, yes, everybody lady. gets a name wrong yes lady snippy was her brother's horse um yeah but like yeah lady i think somebody fucked that horse up like i don't yeah. think anything was natural just because of like all of the ancillary shit that they yeah. found like you know you find her part of her mane over by one bush that has this like weird substance on it what yeah. the hell is that mm. you find um like the fact that like most like a good portion of her um skull was exposed down to her shoulder like even if you're talking and it looks about like a clean cut as well yes it does yeah. like I I think somebody I I don't you know I'm not I'm not saying aliens here because like yeah I don't think that like uh, the amazing thing about like researching this topic is how quickly people in the UFO community tried to distance themselves from this topic because like you had uh you know Flickinger doing his report and basically saying oh well uh we're pretty sure it's cult activity and then mm -hmm. you got jay allen heineck he makes a statement he's like oh we're pretty sure it's connected to cults and like yeah. they try to distance themselves from as you know as much from this topic as they can but like that horse was fucked up by somebody like somebody yeah. somebody mutilated that horse whether that's the government i don't I don't think it's just some random fucking person that's going to come by and 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 do no, that. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think that it's it, the thing. The thing that gives me pause again about so Leo Sprinkle shows up there as well, doesn't he? In in mm -hmm. the snippy in the snippy mm -hmm. case. So like you've got a couple of days. Well, it was like a day before or whatever it was um, that they before they found the body. That you've got the mother Agnes seeing something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of sightings in that area of craft. But you also think like that is, you know, kind of the perfect place to test out experimental mm -hmm. craft, you know, yes. wherever yeah. it's being manufactured. Um, you've got all these like different strange things that happened afterwards, right? So like according to Christopher O'Brien, they don't want the story to get out, but the story gets out. Um, Nellie Lewis, the owner of the horse, receives threatening telephone calls she she also has a hypnosis with leo sprinkle yes. which, which is which is i mean very Why? baffling yeah very baffling and then um leo sprinkle uh was a frequent vis visitor after I believe it was after Nellie Lewis um, took her own life. Mm -hmm. He was up there with um, her uh, husband and his new wife hanging out with also hanging out with Howard Burgess, who was involved in Dulcie. Yeah. He was like the guy in Dulcie. And this is the thing that get again, paranoid brain in action. But you've got... Um, and I'm running all over the place talking about it and diving from like different this things. Is, different this things. is great. Letting you run wild on this stuff because like I don't I don't do that that often. Like I, I'm like because that's that's not what people I don't want either. like most of the time. But like I'm always I'm always so pedantic about being structured and like having to be perfect and and you know having a formulated mm -hmm. art, like a you know thesis. Sometimes it's all right just you know I'm just spitting right now. You know yeah, just, 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 just do it. Just cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you've got the Howard Burgess guy, right? So he he shows up in Dulcie. Mm-hmm. And again, okay, right, this might be me being paranoid, but there were some parallels here and I didn't include it. So obviously I've got a video out on Dulcie um, and part two will probably be up by the time this podcast comes out. But there were some weird parallels between the way that Howard Burgess got in contact with Gabe Valdez in Dulcie and the way that um, Stunt and Friedman got in contact with the guy from Roswell, was it Jesse Jesse Marcel that he got in contact yeah, with from Roswell? Jesse Marcel via senior, a radio yeah. station. Yes, via like radio people, and they both got. I'm not saying anything. I I can't I can't prove a, a connection, but it was just it was just interesting to me. Maybe it's the 1970s. Radio is a big thing back then. So but, here's here's um, what I'll tell you about that, and and I on. think what's interesting about this entire thing. Okay, at the same time that Stanton Friedman gets wind of roswell and all that stuff (laughs) shortly after that leonard stringfield gives this presentation at uh it's a i think like a buffon conference in ohio or something like that and what's his presentation on crash retrievals that's what the entire thing is so what year this is 1978 right 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 so like at the same time so it's like this crash myth stuff is is it, it gets propagated at the same time. Yeah. So like UFO crashes, th- they ain't happening. Sorry. Yeah. But like, like yeah. whatever crashed in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. I do not think was, it, it's, it's not alien. It's mm-hmm. most likely, I assume it was foreign technology of some kind, just because of the, the way that it's, um, I don't think we had anything in our arsenal that could have made, the maneuvers that it did especially you for the never way know that, um, that's, that's what they want you to think that's what they want you to think they want you to mm-hmm. go point in the finger at like other people I, I think you've always got to look a little bit closer to home mm-hmm. they've got a lot of stuff that we don't know about you know yes they're always yeah. up to some nonsense oh they are always up to some nonsense but like yeah. uh yeah ufo crashes no like like no, because <laughs> Leonard Stringfield's presentation made it seem like UFOs are crashing all over the place. Just all I don't think over I've the seen place. it. I don't think I've seen it. He did six status report updates on UFO crashes, um, and there are a ton of them. Like I'm there are so many. This. Yeah, I was like, considering. Uh, I was considering tackling Roswell as part of this series, and I'm just like, you, d- you don't want to get into that <laughs> nest of it because Roswell is. The way that I describe Roswell is like, imagine it's like this clay sculpture, and then mm. people just start adding on to it, and it's like oh, smacking yeah. clay yeah. all over the place. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even resemble. Well, it's the same with MJ twelve. You yes. know, like the original MJ twelve documents. You know, and and now there's tons of them. Like yes. tons and tons of these other MJ supposed MJ twelve documents, and pretty much all of them are fake. You know, there's maybe like a handful of these ones that don't even mention MJ twelve, but are some. You know, uh, there's that whole website that's got like a whole bunch of documents on it. Yeah, and they they rate. <laughs> it's so funny. I know you've seen it, but they rate whether or not they're reliable or not. But like <laughs> these guys, these guys are obviously like massive believers. So like, take their fucking yeah. rate with a pinch of salt <laughs> like, yeah exactly yeah. I, I will say the psalm 101 manual is very fun it's a very oh, yeah. fun oh, without I, a love doubt. 
I love looking through that. It's, and it's you know, just... this is another thing that this is another thing that um always makes me laugh. It's like other people. I feel like we've gone a thousand different topics. I will go back to the Dulcie thing in a minute, but the um one of the things that always makes me laugh is like again another person that gets treated with like this huge respect is like Stanton Friedman, the guy that mm-hmm. wrote an entire book on why the MJ12 documents were real. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's yeah. crazy to me. I, mean, I also wild. I also love that he called debunkers and skeptics noisy negativists. Like oh, that. God. That was. <laughs> I mean, I I can kind of get it for like hard nosed debunkers who are just there to kind of go like yeah you know because I don't really have much like I would class myself as a skeptic right I don't have yeah. much love lost for people that just want to set out just to disprove something I feel mm-hmm. like um they, that's the difference between you know people people that like I have a love for this subject right and this topic yeah. and I don't and I don't feel the need like there's a lot of debunkers that kind of feel the need to really like discredit people and they get really mm-hmm. personal with it and, it and it gets a little yeah maybe in some cases it's justified and I definitely think that like digging into people's stories is justified especially when some of them come from like very uh sus military and intelligence backgrounds mm-hmm. um but you know, like there, there's some people that just want to just want to debunk for the for the sake of debunking, and um, that's not really my vibe. But when I was, I was, what was I talking about? Dulcie and the mm. Howard Burgess guy. Yeah. He's a strange character, and I didn't think that anybody. Like, I was a bit surprised that nobody had really kind of like dug into him and his involvement in this, right? Because like mm. he he kind of comes along in Dulcie. And as soon as he comes, and, and and it was interesting before because beforehand he's working at um, San Sandia Labs at Kirtland yeah. Air Force Base, yeah. And which again, Kirtland Air Force Base, it just it, it, I get red flag that comes mm-hmm. up, you know, like yeah. the siren go, like the Kill Bill siren goes off from my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh oh. And um, then he shows up in Dulce, and um, he kind of becomes this kind of like a, a you know like a close friend confidant and also like advisor of Gabe Valdez and it's almost like it's kind of like pushing him further and further down the rabbit hole and mm-hmm. and again like I really enjoyed Greg Valdez's book right Dulcie Bass I don't know if you've read read it yep it's mm. it's good but but you can if you read it alongside reading Mute Evidence I feel like those two books are great to read alongside each other because you can kind of pick apart the flaws in each book Right. Yeah. Because I feel like mute evidence goes a little bit too debunky and doesn't yeah. uh, and doesn't ask enough questions. And I feel like the Dulce Base book goes a little bit too believer um, yeah. and doesn't ask enough questions about the people that were there. You know, like this Howard Burgess guy to me is like he's just a very interesting character. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of um lectures before he got involved in this and like extrasensory perception and he was already kind of a believer in ufos and stuff like that and then he starts hanging around with leo uh leo uh spring sorry i can't even remember his name what's his name again leo string leo 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 sprinkle sprinkle that's it christ (laughs) almighty i'm sorry my god no you're good you're good don't cut that out leave it in it was funny i do know the guy's (laughs) name Sorry, it's my dumbass moment. Um, he becomes friends with Leo Sprinkle, right? And then goes, then he's going up to um 
to uh, the San Luis Valley and hanging out with Bell Lewis, who is mm. the snippy owner. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a little too connected. It's a yeah, too connected. it's a little too connected. A little too connected. A little bit too weird. I just it, the whole thing. Yeah, and again, I feel like you could say, oh well, you know, they're all kind of part of the same community, and you know, a lot of them are kind of you know hanging out together and doing all this. But I don't know, considering how prevalent a lot of this stuff became, and considering that a lot of this kind of UFO mythology comes out of psyops basically from mm-hmm. Kirtland Air Force Base it just kind of gave me pause and that's what made, made me want to look into Leo Sprinkle more can't believe I almost called him Leo Stringfield I mean <laughs> they're basically hey they're they're two of the same guys basically yeah, that's, you know, yeah like, very, and very it, similar it, similar names you know you ufology can very be very confusing when it comes to names but like oh my yeah. god names dates places events is too much there is too much it's a curse when you can remember them all like I can. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of um, envious of that. Trust me, it's um it leads you to do things like do podcasts like this. And <laughs> like I if you can handle that, you know, you will be ostracized in your own community because you're that guy that believes in UFOs. Funny story. So there's a coworker of mine. That um, I can't stand her, which is which is fine. I don't I don't really does, care. Does but, she know like, you've got a podcast? Is she going to hear this? <laughs> oh yeah, like everybody. Ever no, she she doesn't listen. But like uh, mm. everybody knows that, like you know, I'm like the UFO guy at work. So right, like right. she was literally spreading rumors that saying that I go out and lay in my lawn and look up at UFOs. At night. <laughs> Why not? Why not yeah, though? Exactly. It's a clear night, you know. Exactly. Like this Let is you a live perfect. Your life. It's the perfect spot for it because there's not a lot of light pollution, so you can you can see some weird stuff every now and then. Yeah. But it's it's just like, yeah, a head full of knowledge will bring you down this road to where um, I, it ultimately leads you down covering all this disinformation shit and like, yeah, I it, what I find absolutely fascinating about this is the 1989 MUFON conference and how oh, yeah. not only is it like Bill Moore's kind of swan song, it's where bill cooper kind of like becomes this monumental figure this is like bill cooper's like start this is where he really gets into it and then like my biggest fear is that and i and i brought this up to adam go rightly because i talked to adam go rightly last week and i i was like so given the the current state because i don't know if you heard um it was um uh let me find it uh, Kirkpatrick, the guy from the um, oh, his statement, yeah, his statement, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you now he's enemy number one, <laughs> yeah? Did, did you see Jeremy Corbell's statement? Yes, on yeah, that? yeah. And yeah. Jeremy Corbell is using words that I do not like when you say mm. things like dangerous, yeah. When you when you're putting out because that's that to me is a dog whistle. It is yeah. absolutely a dog whistle. And my number one fear is like these folks are are basically going to get to the point where there's another January 6th on our hands and it's going to be because of these UFO fucking idiots. <laughs> the UFO disclosure version of January 6th. Yeah. And I don't even want to think about that. But like, I feel well, like... It is, it, well, again, you know, 
oh, um, I'm, I, I don't want to go too conspiratorial. But again, you know, like people that were involved in January 6th, how many of them had their minds completely fucked with by things like QAnon? And then you wonder, you know, where, where did QAnon mm-hmm. come from? All of that kind of stuff. You're kind of almost dealing with a lot of the same stuff. It is you the know. same stuff, basically. Yeah. It is. It is like it's real, the, like psychological warfare that is going on is. on with people's minds, and people are losing their minds over it. And that's yeah. the thing. And I and I get really, I get concerned about it as well, you know, because it's it's very easy to like fall into, well, not even fall into it, like when it's so prevalent and it's you know everywhere, like especially mm-hmm. with like Q, Q stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of parallels between you know things like. Um, QAnon and the U- UFO world, you know things like um, Project Serpo, things like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's so many different parallels here that that um, I feel like a lot of people overlook. But but yeah, it's it's you know Jeremy Corbell's podcast is weaponized, and you know like didn't yeah. he put something up the other day about like bodies hitting the floor or something yes. like that? Like yeah. yeah, yeah, like that dangerous rhetoric and the fact that like. I don't want to call him out because I don't want to get my ass beat or whatever, you know. Like what, by Jeremy Corbell. Uh, oh yeah, because he's he does that. What's what's he do? Like um, I, I think it's jujitsu. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But like he's, the guy's a tosser. I'd fight him any day. Yeah, like you know, you know what he does for a regular job? He flips. Does he not do this to him? No, he? He f- yeah, yeah. Oh God, that makes me hate him even more. Christ Almighty! If it as if this wasn't bad enough, yeah. I did not know that he was part of that as well. Yeah, scumbag, <laughs> absolute scumbag. Yeah, and like realistically, the modern militia movement starts with Bill Cooper. Like that's where it begins. Is with Bill, and I mean, like, if you want to say, like, uh, you know, it, it also started with like the Turner Diaries. That's absolutely, you know, true. It it, it did at the well, same the, time. So but... Interesting for you to mention, you know, th- this kind of stuff because I tweeted, I did like a thread like a couple of weeks ago about that Sean Ryan show. Yeah. My God, I mean, you want to talk about dangerous rhetoric on that mm-hmm. like I, i've i it, that guy it, I, I don't know how to i don't know how to like phrase it but obviously he's he had all of stephen greer's ufo ufo whistleblowers on right right and he's got you know the guy that um claims that he saw a ufo that was involved in a human trafficking operation and then just just a couple of days before that he had on the actor from the sound of freedom movie you know like the big you know like save the kids all that kind of stuff talking about adrenochrome and how it's real you know adrenochrome's real the bloodthirsty elites are killing babies and drinking their blood and all of that kind of stuff you know and that's you know that's like his crowd right and then he sean ryan don't know if you saw at the hearing second row he was there yeah he was there right there yeah yeah so so it's uh, but again uh, and i don't think there's anything new this isn't it's not Mm -hmm. new is it it's like bill it was bill cooper and john lear and then i think you know i'm not entirely sure about the 70s but then you go back to you know the 1950s contactees there's always been this kind of a uh, little bit of a fascist element that's gone through it, you know, like people like George Hunt Williamson, mm-hmm. um, William Dudley Pelly, 
Um, you know, a lot of people will say that like Guy and Edna Ballard were some of the first ever like UFO cultists. You know, yeah. like it's always kind of had that streak going through it. And I think that that's something that needs to be looked at a lot more and in a lot more detail, because I think now, especially with like, you know, how kind of uh, this story's like gone everywhere. Right. And it and it's really mainstreamed, you know, like to the point where it's now on um, BBC Radio 4, 10 o'clock news. You know, that's yeah. that is pretty big. And, yeah. and it's um, a lot of the people, a lot of people, majority of people, 99% of people aren't going to know what you and I or people that listen to this podcast know, you know, like all of these shady characters, where they come from, the connections that they've got, you know, they're not going to know who people like Bigelow are or Hal Perthoff or um, Gary Nolan or any of this, like the Skinwalker Ranch crew, like they're just not going to, mm-hmm. you're not, they're not going to know. So, and the mainstream media isn't interested in they they want the story they don't they they want like a salacious ufo story they want david yeah. grush talking about non-human biologics they don't want a story about how this is you know part psyop part grift yeah part whatever yeah exactly like that's the thing about the folks that are all about this stuff they mm. do not care about national security in any way it's all about mm. aliens it's got to be fucking aliens there's mm. no other explanation like that's the thing and like um, I, I I think we also need to blame Theosophy for this shit. Like the oh, early... I, oh, blame blame it for everything, please. I blame... Be my guess, honestly. Yeah. And you I can also you can also it. blame Theosophy for Bill Cooper because yes. I'm trying to remember this correctly, but mm-hmm. the the person that published uh, Behold a Pale Horse, she knew a channeler. Can't remember the name. But the channeler said the channel channeler um channeled, I think it was Sanat Kumara, and um apparently Sanat Kumara said, "Oh yeah, Bill Cooper, you better publish his book because like you know he's a it's, it was something like he's not the best writer in the world, but this book is going to be really like influential in spreading the message." And Bill mm-hmm. Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse is put out on like the most new agey in, like publishing mm-hmm. house. It's all like, you know, St. Germain's Violet Flame all over the place, you know, like it's yeah. all it's it's all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent blame. We can blame Theosophy and we can also blame um Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard for doing that Babylon working thing, you know, because they, they say that um that's when they opened up the uh whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. and that's when the aliens came in. So, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. all real, obviously. Obviously all real. Um, obviously confirmed. Like, yeah like there are uh and one of the things that i will eventually do probably right before i head into david ike territory because oh like, god go- going to come into play but like <laughs> i will be doing an episode on like the you know where ufos and theosophy kind of cross because mm-hmm. they delved into the ufo alien kind of thing before like ufos were really a huge thing anyway i mean i mean there was a period of time where like yeah people were talking about hey there's got to be aliens out there there's like, yeah like i i'm i'm reading through uh emmanuel swedenborg stuff and swedenborg's an interesting guy because he's this christian theologian right um and i've read anything by him um he has this one uh y- you can read this book for free it's i think it's it's just called other planets and oh, I think big... I'm vaguely familiar with this. 
Yeah, so his big thing was like the afterlife. That's what he was right. obsessed with. Right. And he believed that he had I don't know if they were like psychic interactions or what, but he believed that he had these contacts with aliens from other planets that were dead. And like right. his main theory is like wherever you lived that's where your spirit stays so like you know you can leave you can go and like you know you could talk to Emanuel Swedenborg but like largely you stay in your sphere and like you know there's basically his, his basic thing is is like humans and angels are the same thing and right. uh that every planet that we knew of at the time and and this is in the 1700s that they all have these like basically spirits that are just like you know inhabiting these planets they're like hanging out and they're doing their thing and right. that book is basically about like what those aliens are like and stuff like that and it's absolutely it's bonkers but it's fun it's it's really sounds, insane. yeah it sounds intense i really want to read um Oaspi, mm -hmm. the Oaspi book, because yeah. that's you know, but th there's just too much to read. There's too much. There's just too much. There is too much. There's it's there's way, too, way much. too much. There's way too much, and we're we're already being uh, assaulted by Richard fucking Doty and his bullshit. You know, like you can't escape it at this point. It's just like no, you can't. No, you can't. You really like, can't. It's amazing how the man has had he keeps like popping back up like you know he popped up with the project serpo shit and mm. then he disappears for a while and then in like 2018 yeah. he gets on jimmy church and like he's back you know yeah he is back yeah. and people yeah. just love him for some reason it's so bizarre have you ever interviewed him spoken to him no i i, I doubt he would ever want to talk to me i interviewed him for this kind of M mj12 stuff um, very interesting guy. Didn't I? I feel like he didn't really like me at all. He told me that um, I uh, I would never make it in intelligence. Yes, he'd never yep. make it in the intelligence world. And I was like, mm, that's kind of a good thing. I'm going to wear yeah. that as a badge of honor. But he's, yeah. you know, the ability. Um, and I will, I will say that like the ability that he has to lie is like second to none. Like he, he will just spin a yarn and take mm -hmm. you to some very weird places, right? And it yeah. leaves you trying to pick apart whether or not you believe anything that he's just told you. Like, mm -hmm. he told me some really mad things about Myrna Hansen, for example, that um, that the Air Force had put her up in an apartment, they'd bought her a car, they were giving her all of this allowance um, so that she could live. They were doing all of these things. They were doing... Um, uh hypnotic regressions on Kirtland Air Force Base with her with um a polygraph machine while she's being hypnotized, all of this stuff. And it leaves you wondering how much of this is designed to send me on a spiral, right? Mm -hmm. So that I, I spend hours of my life trying to figure out whether or not this is real or not. Yeah. How much of it is real and how much of it is a lie? Yeah. You just don't know. I, he's not right. reliable in the slightest and that's again that's the maddening thing because like the guy was there so you yeah. you know you, there's not many people that were there that you can ask and say like what no. the hell was going on 
Exactly. That's the thing, like trying to get trying been trying to get stuff from like Leo Sprinkle's archives about Myrna Hansen and I'm still kind of waiting for it. And I, you know, don't know what it's gonna show, but it would be like again, that the the Myrna Hansen thing is like another thing that hasn't another thing another kind of piece to this puzzle that has never really been explored in in a huge amount of depth she's Mm -hmm. just kind of there and she just kind of shows up but she happens to show up at this really crucial point in this whole phenomenon and she is where the dulcie base story comes from there's obviously the mutilations that that began like the Dulcie story, but you know the underground underground bases and you know vats filled with body parts and all that that comes from her, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's makes me again makes me wonder because she she's fallen off the face of the planet and and maybe for good reason, right? I don't want to you know cast speculation, but it does make you wonder where these people come from. There's people that have hypothesized that she was part of this disinformation campaign as well that she came along yeah. at this exact exact right time and then leo sprinkles involved in it as well you know it's just it's all highly 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 bizarre yeah and i think the one thing is i don't think her name's myrna hansen i think that is yeah a, yeah that's that's a fake name uh yeah. myrna hansen is uh, what i find interesting about the dulcie base myth you know is that it started by the military and then it's propagated by a guy that i don't know who the fuck he is like tal levesque i don't know who this guy Mm, is but like he's the one that really takes it and just like fucking turns it into this thing that uh you know he invents he invents Thomas Costello, this guy that, yeah. you know, worked down there. And like, you know, he invents yeah. the Dulcie base war that, you know, yeah. so many come away because like, you know, there's Krista Tilton who claims yeah. that, you know, she's also involved in it. And then you get to Phil Schneider who um, basically like had a lot of mental fucking problems. And mm. uh, it's, it's very similar to me. Um the similarities between this and the Montauk project. Yeah. It, it you it, with with Montauk again you've got like this and, and as far as I know Montauk wasn't um a, a disinformation campaign. I think you could more kind of liken it to an ARG type thing. Mm-hmm. Um but again you've got all of these people that then become believers in this story yeah. and start to attach it's like that clay thing you were talking about, right? Yeah, they just start exactly. attaching different parts of this story so then all these people start saying i'm a montauk boy i've been to montauk i'm a montauk boy i've been involved Mm -hmm. in this and and all of these people that start to become involved in it and now you've got you know the the um the products of all of that is people like Corey Good and David Wilcock and and mm-hmm. you know people like that and you know James Rink who runs Super Soldier Talk he's a Montauk boy and and one of the people that was on um Sean Ryan's show that we were just talking about one of the supposed Stephen Greer's whistleblowers claims to have been a Montauk boy mm-hmm. right it's yeah. <laughs> and Montauk isn't real it's not no. there is nothing there that's real at all it was created by a uh, very strange man, Preston Nichols, three strange men, Preston Nichols, Duncan Cameron, Duncan Cameron, and Al Bielik. And Al Bielik played a massive part in it. And Al Bielik was involved in all of these communities. Way back even into the 1960s, he appears in Jacques Vallée's diary 
in the, yeah. like his first forbidden science back in the 60s he's meeting with this albelic character but albelic likes to say i was never involved in any of this until i watched a film and it triggered my memories sorry i'm going off on my <laughs> I'm going well i mean my... like albelic is an interesting character because like he's also involved in mk jessup's story which yeah. is yeah philadelphia experiment uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and all yeah. that shit so like yeah. yeah that he's a very interesting jacques valet is an interesting character in all of this because oh, I he not, really is. I do not trust Jacques Vallée as much as no, I Oh, thank to. God. Thank God. Because that dude is so sus. And again, yeah. he's another one of these characters that have kind of... And again, I'm not going to bad talk people. I'm not going to, like, you know, make any um, allegations mm-hmm. or anything like that. But a lot of these people seem to have skirted by without any, having any form of, like, criticism. He's a phenomenal writer. Um, yes. And he's investigated so many of these cases. And I think some of his books are great, right? Like Messengers of Deception. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, th- his books are great. However, this guy's connections are so like... They're goes, so far above like where they should be. Right? And and, it, yes. and it's, the same co- it's the same kind of network. It's the same network mm-hmm. of people, you know? Like him and his bestie, Hal Puthoff, Kit Green... You know, it always in every like diary entry is like I'm just going for lunch with my friend Kit. You know, like, yes, yeah. It's all, it's all, um, it's all very strange. It is, and like uh, when we did, we because we covered the lead masks case, and like I, I love his uh, my favorite work by Jacques Vallée is his Alien Contact trilogy because it's it kind of takes everything that you get from. Um, uh, Passport to Magonia all the way up to probably like Messengers of Deception and the Invisible right. College and it kind of shoves it into this trilogy that's like updated for the time period right. and it's it's in I think um, Confrontations or Revelations I forget which one that he features Lead Mask Case in there and in if you go up to the top of um, Moro del Ventem Ventem Hill there's the there's two spots on there where grass won't grow and right. his theory was oh it was the ufo that that was seen there was a woman that had seen a ufo the same night that right. the two guys had allegedly gone up there and what jacques valet fails to uh inform the reader is that when they finally stumbled across their bodies they were fucking out there for days in mm. the sweltering heat they mm-hmm. did not smell well, so they basically threw formaldehyde on them. And right. like that's why the grass won't grow. Because when you throw formaldehyde on grass, it did it, it, it won't grow. There remind impossible. me what this remind me what this case is, because it sounds very familiar, but I'm not sure if I remember it completely. So these these two Brazilian electronic skies. I do um, know this. Yeah. I do because I was thinking I was like, this sounds really familiar to me. This is yeah. the problem with my brain. There's just too much to like remember. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Isn't there a photograph of these guys? Not, yeah. Not of them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. I am happy with this. Yeah. So like. Um, very. And, that, it, again, that's another. That's another very strange. Mm-hmm. You know. Like what the hell. Again, I'm, I don't feel qualified enough to talk on it. And I get scared when I when I don't want to give an opinion on something unless I'm like, I feel confident enough to give it. But from what I've heard of that, very odd odd case when 
the you can't perform a good autopsy because one your freezers don't work right and two you left the freezer door open to the point where a dog wandered in and started munching on the bodies you got a problem on your hands that's insane it is insane I, yeah i need i i i get like there's almost like there's too many of these cases right so like when whenever you like whenever you mention one i'm like i feel like i remember that but mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure i'm like you've got an encyclopedic knowledge i have a dumbass brain I'm, i can only retain so much, so much stuff. it's but the now only it's the only me, talent I that i have okay it's what i have it's what i have to work with it's the only thing that uh it's the only thing that can get me by if i'm ever in an awkward situation <laughs> i can just pull a fact out and be, and get myself out of there it yeah, is, i just forget too much i forget way too much well the thing is is like uh i'm gonna be, will, I'm, do you know what's gonna happen to me i'm gonna yeah. listen back to this podcast and be like emily why didn't you remember to say that yeah, I know that's well, it, it always happens. It'll, you know what the funny thing is? It's like when I listen back to certain things and like I'll listen to myself talk and like, oh, I don't remember talking about this. But then my mind will go to, oh, I'm oh, this is what I would bring up in a conversation. And then it's the next thing that I talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. weirdest. Yeah. It's almost like deja vu in a way. It's like very yeah. weird. <laughs> Going back to that case, didn't they leave a note or something? Wasn't there like a note? Yeah, so like there's like a lot of weird things about it, but there was a note that was written by someone who wasn't very fluent in Portuguese. So right. like it's the grammar's off, but it's, you know, talking about like, you know, taking a capsule at a certain time and like Yes, I remember yeah, I do yeah. remember this now. Yeah, incredibly sus. Incredibly yeah. sus. I don't know enough about it to comment, but um but yeah, the um my initial take on that would be um, the sus alerts going off. We're having yeah. the Kill Bill siren moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think like the the major takeaway from this with conversation the, with the eyes wasn't there something with the eyes as well. They had lead masks on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. I am remembering it correctly. Yeah, yeah. God, no, I hate you're my like... I, I, I got it in the end. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Oh my god. Yeah, I think the, the message today is like, you can't trust anybody. Like, I don't trust, I don't trust Valet. I don't trust Heineck anymore. Um, no. I, I mean, I trust in that he was sincere in, you know, the books that he wrote. I, I enjoyed the one, um, uh, the Heineck UFO report where he just talks shit about mm -hmm. Project Blue Book for like an entire book. That was great. Mm -hmm. But like the man was very well connected because he had a top secret clearance from World War II yeah. and that carried him along. Not only yeah. that, like, you know, there is that connection in the Paul Benowitz story, which I know where it comes from. It comes from Bill Moore. It was something that he right. came out with later and was like, when oh, Bill Moore, well, had well no. you know, he changed that story as well. He then yeah. he said it was Jacques Vallée. Yeah. He then went on and said it's Jacques Vallée because he, he went on, uh, was it Don Ecker? Yeah. Don Ecker's radio show? And then yeah. told him off air or something like that. So I told him and said, oh, actually, it was Jacques Vallée, which mm -hmm. would make a little bit more sense. Yes. Um, But yeah. Which also, which again makes you wonder about Jacques Vallée. Yeah, we really, really, really just don't trust anyone. Trust nobody. <laughs> like, look, we took the message that the X Files gave us and yeah. said, "Trust no one. Yeah. Trust no one. 
we don't trust anybody on this podcast anymore. I'm trying to think in my brain right now who who is someone in the UFO field that I trust now because it's it's tough. It is well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like writers and researchers that I respect. Mm-hmm. Like lot lots of them, you know, like um Martin Cannon for one, Mark Pilkington. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, I really enjoyed Adam Go Rightly's book, Sources, Spooks and Kooks. It's like a quite a good history. Like I said, Tanner that writes um Getting Spooked, Substack, um, Expanding Frontiers, Erica Lukes and mm-hmm. Jack Brewer. Um, people like Steve Cambian as well. He always has an interesting take on a lot of these stories. Um you know, like there's there are quite a few people out there um that I think are, you know, doing good work. But the problem is is that they're kind of going under the radar, right? Yeah. You know, like the Jimmy Churches of the world and you know, like UFO disclosure and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's gonna get millions of views and you know, all these people like UFO Joe on Twitter who likes to boost every bit of disinformation. I think I said to him on Twitter, he somehow hasn't blocked me when I said you're probably Ow, the most stupidest that's, that's man on UFO Twitter. I know, yeah, crazy, because yeah. Lou Elizondo blocked me for just asking him for a bit of proof. So, you know, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. wild. But like the, the researchers and writers that I really like don't get many views or anything at all, um, yeah. which is a real shame because I think there's some of the... Um, like definitely the most talented people in this field like in terms of research and investigation and mm. it's it can get really disheartening i think um when you see all of the bullshit being pushed yeah and it's you know people making people making an amazing living off of selling bullshit for a living yeah. and you know when you try and you know trying to actually like dig into stuff do original research um provide like a different take um you just kind of fall under the radar but i still but i think it's important it's important that there are um people um out there doing it i think yeah and like there there are those researchers that i like to listen to who like can you know expound upon their stuff like i love listening to david perkins talk about cattle mutilations because he has <laughs> such an interesting theory on it and and yeah. like the the one thing that i makes me wonder you know who totally is behind it or like how it is carried how those operations are carried out is the (laughs) fact that there is no human error in in something that there should be human error in and like that's that's the one thing um but like yeah it just uh, it ain't aliens i'm sorry it's not aliens but like it's definitely not aliens no it's definitely not aliens and like yeah like I think we've gotten to the point where uh, part of doing this entire series is just like me breaking my spirit to the point where I'm going to have <laughs> to go back and like read like John Keel or something <laughs> in order to yeah. get myself back. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it does get like really dis- I, I feel like I'm kind of there with you at the moment. It just it gets to a point where you're like, oh, it's just exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, and again, and again, it's designed to be that way. It's designed to yeah. send you, like, this is the shit that that literally sent people on a horrific spiral. You yeah. know, and and it's just when you're trying to wrap your mind around it, 
again, it's like it's like when I first tried to wrap my mind around the Montauk project, which is like, you know, like one of the wildest <laughs> mm-hmm. with like a million different books and all of these different spin-offs and and then all of these people building conspiracies on top of conspiracies. And it just it does drive you crazy. But I think it's um I think it's important because I feel like the origins of this stuff, once you once you figure out the origins of it, you can start to unpack it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like once you realize that that most of the stuff that you're hearing now, like uh biologics, all of that kind of stuff, and and a lot of the um, you know, things that are commonly accepted within like ufology and pop culture in general, once you realize that it comes from a disinformation campaign, you can start to like slowly piece apart. It's like just grabbing on hold of the thread, right? Once you just yeah. pull it a little bit, the whole thing unravels and you can start to see it a lot more clearly for what it is. Yeah. Um, even though I still have a million different theories on it, I couldn't give you like a concise theory on what I think it is. I it is you know it's multi layered, and it um, is multi layered. And I think there's also like multiple things responsible for it because mm-hmm. like the one thing that you could say about this UFOs, like whatever kind of encounters that you want to talk about, it's a worldwide thing it's not oh yeah yeah it's not just contained to you know the united states like so like that there is like well is every government duping you know their pop their you know citizens which i don't think every government can dupe its citizens because they don't have the means to do it but I, I would say it's... that the Amer- I would say the American government does regularly get involved in pretty much every other co- yeah. <laughs> every other country in the world. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about you're talking about, and that's the other thing as well. And we were talking about this earlier when people want to take the politics out of it. You're dealing mm-hmm. with you know a, a, a you know a country that uh, like America, military bases all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that. I feel like it, it in a lot of ways it is a very American phenomenon, but. America loves to stick its nose in other people's business and has it done does. for years, um, especially in certain countries. Um, you know, so I feel like that is um that's definitely something to keep in mind. <laughs> yes. America is everywhere. And you can't like <laughs> yeah, we're just everywhere. We're all yeah. in your shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like that's that's the thing, is like um I find I, I find solace in like the nonsense encounters that just don't Oh yeah, it's... like I was watching a video the other day about what was that what was that um encounter that those two kids had with the like clown faced Oh Sam the Sand Down Clown. Yeah. yeah, that is great. That's yeah. great. Like the, all of that stuff, you know, like the really kind of like the weird shit. Those ones were yeah. always quite fun. That's know? that's that's where like like that's where i dip my toes in to get like my my sanity back is like yeah yeah i'll go i'll go watch yeah because like think anomalous did did that yeah yeah i love i love think anomalous <laughs> because their their animations are so great yeah it's and, a like, really good channel actually yeah. i actually really enjoyed watching their videos yeah and uh there are they always cover like very interesting cases kind of like uh like the talking stove of Zaragoza, Spain, is like such a weird. I don't thing. think I'm familiar with that. Uh, they did a video on it. You need to go check that okay. out. It's like okay. a, it's I'll a short video. I'll put that video. next on my watch list. 
but basically this these people in this apartment building in spain um their stove started talking to them one day and amazing. it's imagine like jeff the talking mongoose if it was a stove nice oh amazing <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah. also That's has phenomenal. a body count there's one woman that allegedly died <laughs> I wondered what you meant by body count there as well. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 only one. Where you were it's going. only one, but uh <laughs> but like yeah, I that's the thing is like doing this series it's something that uh, because like I've always wanted our strange skies to be about kind of the historical element, but then I wanted mm. it to be about like the absolute most ridiculous bonkers shit that you've ever heard that does not make sense because again, like uh, the logic involved in like the weirdest of the weird cases, especially like yeah. Sam the Sandown Clown, like when you're talking about defying logic, which um I don't think is is very I, I don't think you can defy logic like the human error in trying to defy logic it, you can't mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. in cases mm -hmm. where you know like you know rosalotti in italy in 1954 walks up on this like bell-shaped object and two little you know like gnome-like figures that like steal her flowers like no i can't i can't um but like yeah, i mean some of the, i feel like yeah there's there's um there's definitely obviously like a high strangeness factor to yeah. to a lot of this stuff but i always i always tend to um maybe i just have like a real paranoid mind i feel that you're right like there are some cases that really do kind of like defy explanation and those are you know kind of like the more fun ones um but they're you know i would say the overwhelming majority you know like 90 percent, probably more are mm -hmm ones that are like very disturbing because to me because they are so terrestrial and there yes. is such a such a you know less kind of alien explanation for a lot of them yeah yeah because like uh you know abduction is like an old phenomenon but like when it becomes a very rigid thing yeah. like it uh, it did in the in 1980s it's like yeah this seems a little too sterile to a little too logic yeah. logical yeah. to kind of fit into the framework of like why do aliens just need to be, keep coming and taking things from people that well yeah no like and you even like going back to you know like some of the first the first abduction stories you know like those those to me you know there's there's a lot of strange connections there you mm -hmm. could you can you can 100 percent make the argument that, that a lot of them were you know like military and intelligence connected it's just uh, that's where i always go back to that's my um that's where my mind always goes right because like um so like the first kind of the earliest abduction cases that so there's like a threshold so if it was reported before 1981 i will mm -hmm. you know allow it the mm -hmm. it, like there's a there's a certain like threshold that i'll allow because like once bud hopkins gets his hands on the phenomenon all bets are off because mm -hmm. i don't trust the man whatsoever mm -hmm. um but like the earliest abductions that are kind of known before that time period there's there's one in austria and it it does have a military connection because it involves like this this soldier that was uh he he had a job where he basically 
um, drove around one officer, and it was during. Who is it? What's the name? He didn't have a name. He was it was an anonymous guy, but like he basically walked walked into this uh, newspaper in British Columbia, and he he's like, "I've got this story. I got to tell the editor. I don't have long to live." So he, he like comes out with a story about how after dropping off this one officer, he stopped, you know, he, he's pulled over to the side of the road. He hears like this rustling in the bushes and he gets nabbed by this alien that uh, kind of has like almost looks like a has, how do I put it? Like has the kind of properties of a gray, but like, um has like very insectoid like eyes a bigger head right it's kind of right. wearing you know your your typical helmet and stuff and he basically says that he takes them to mars where uh he sees all of these other ufos that have these strange kind of beings like the weirdest part of the story is he takes them to mars he doesn't show him around. He leaves him on the ship while he gets out. This alien goes and talks to other aliens. He comes back and he just brings him back to Earth. I was like, what the hell is this story? I don't think I'm familiar with this. I yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Like, yeah, I'll send please you the whole do. I thing. Need to, do you know what I need to do, Rob? I need to become like the encyclopedic knowledge that you... I need to get the encyclopedic knowledge that you have. Because I can't... I, I probably like read about like half of these things, but I can't remember them. My brain just doesn't retain. You don't want to curse yourself. You don't want to curse yourself. I kind of do, though. I kind of do. You know, I kind of do want to have this, these, um, that encyclopedic knowledge. I'm kind of envious of it. It's a, uh, it's a cool party trick, and you can make podcasts with it, and you can, (laughs) you can impress your friends sometimes if they're into that sort of thing. But it is like, see, I always need to have like a script. I'm, I'm like a script person. I have to like have my notes, right? My notes in front of me. Otherwise, I get like, otherwise, I just don't remember and I get really Mm -hmm. nervous. But I try to like not do that for this podcast, just kind of wing it. And it has been very fun. I've kind of enjoyed just winging it a little bit. Isn't it just, just great? I actually do this more often. Yeah. Yeah. talk some shit about as many people as you want and like you know there is there is no shame in that i think i think one question that i want to ask you because we we've been doing this for holy crap we've been doing this for almost two hours but like (laughs) one question that i want to ask you do you think that bill moore had more of a creation in all of that disinformation stuff than he is portrayed as because it seems like he is portrayed as just like this mediator who was you know like uh uh given true information Mm -hmm. in exchange for kind of disseminating disinformation do you think he had more of a role in crafting the disinformation that went out in the 80s undoubtedly Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely undoubtedly and it also i also find his connection with people like charles Blitz to be quite interesting as well obviously that's where he got his start writing books with him um mm-hmm. and he's an interesting character he's also you know wrote wrote about things like the philadelphia experiment for for example you know one of the um jumping what montauk used as a jumping off point i feel like um Bill Moore is one of the the most interesting people in ufology purely mm-hmm. for like the time period that he was involved in and all the people that he knows and the fact that he doesn't 
I, I mean, I know that probably a lot of people still talk to him or still know him, but the fact that he's not, you know, like involved in this field anymore is quite interesting to me in itself. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that like the amount of stuff that this guy knows and could come out with and, you know, kind of like talk about, but he doesn't, which is, which is interesting. Um, and again, like his involvement with Rick Doty and this writing the book together, you know, like this majestic book, that in itself gives me pause. And he portrays himself in that 1989 MUFON conference as like, you know, like he's kind of, um, they call it like the falling on the, he fell on his sword, you know, yeah. like he kind of, you know, but how much of that is like PR for himself? Yeah. Exactly. And and this is another thing as well. It with with Doty, sorry to like kind of go off in another direction. No, you're but good. like a lot a lot of people's um kind of, you know, Doty's become this face of um Air Force psyops, right? And I don't mean I, I don't mean this when I say like he's become a bit of a fool guy. I don't mean that like to feel sorry for him or anything no. like that, or like he's had to take the blame. But like he's become the the convenient face of this and people have, um, you know, like going back to Benowitz, for example, Benowitz was in contact with um, Ernest Edwards at Kirtland Air Force Base way before he was in contact with Rick, Rick Doty. He was in mm-hmm. contact with him from the very beginning of 1980. And yeah. you know, according to the timeline, Doty doesn't get involved until the end of um, the end of 1980. There were so many people above Rick Doty. He's like, you know, it, it almost kind of, it, it it almost feels to me, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it almost feels like someone went, All right, Rick, you're gonna take the fall for this, but you're gonna get a nice pretty penny, you know, you can make make a couple of bucks out of the UFO movement. You can go do your thing. Just keep your mouth shut about everyone else that's been involved in this. All mm. of the people that are above him, you know, that are doing these kind of, you know, psychological operations. And and that's the thing that kind of makes me um I'm very, you know. I'm no Rick Doty fan at all, but I feel like um, he kind of becomes the sole focus of so much of this. And and I feel like it would be useful to look in other places, you know? Yes. Yeah, that makes because sense. there isn't a lot of other names associated no. with this. No. There aren't. We don't know any, like, who are the other agents involved in this? The yeah. AFOSI agents that were involved. It wasn't just him. No, there were many, many other people. It would have been signed off by by certain people as well. Like it's just bizarre. Yeah, just 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 Doty is the face of it. Just Doty is the face of it. And one thing that I've learned from other people who have interviewed Doty, kind of an asshole. Kind of an asshole. Yeah. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly (laughs) an asshole. You know, he he um he wanted me to pay him to interview him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was like, and then I asked him to, because when I'm doing interviews and I want to, you know, put it on um, YouTube, if it's someone I don't know very well or somebody like a Rick Doty character, I will ask him to just sign a form that just says like, I can edit this basically. Just like, it's just like a kind of precaution for me. I'm not going to edit anyone out of context or anything like that. It's just a precaution just in case someone goes, actually, I don't want you to. And I just have like a little bit of like, you know, legal protection for myself. And I um, sent one to him and he said, oh, if you want me to sign that, you're going to have to pay me. Just, just sign it. I was like, God, this guy's a fucking arsehole. I mean, he's an arsehole. Whole- yes. And you know, I was asking him, you know, do you feel empathy for 
for Paul, you know, like, but he, he kind of does, he does this thing. He's like, oh yeah, Paul was my friend. Me and Paul were buddies, you know, me and Paul got on really well. You know, I, I really tried to help Paul towards the end. And I'm like, but you right. didn't know you didn't, you, right. you were, res- you were responsible for putting so much of this in his head. Like, yeah. Okay. He was already involved in the UFO world. He was already involved with APRO. He was already up at Dulcie. But like so much of this, this the more intense stuff was like seeded from Rick Doty, and to, for him to sit there and go, so it just goes on, you know, it's just an operation. It's just you know, that's just the job. That's just what I did. It's like the, I mean, it really tells you a lot about people that work in that field. And again, why not to trust any of them? You know, the basic human empathy is completely lacking. I don't, yeah. I, I genuinely, and people might disagree with me, and they can disagree with me, even though I'm right. I feel like to be an intelligence officer. But to work in that field, you have to lack a certain amount of empathy to be able to do such a hideous job. I'm sorry, yeah. that's just what I think. <laughs> like yeah. you just can't. Like otherwise, you couldn't live with yourself. You couldn't go to sleep at night. You know, there's got to be a level of like a real twistedness. You know, yes. to be to be involved in that world and to do the things that they do. Evil. <laughs> that's. That's the main thing here is, folks, Rick, Rick Doty is evil. He's just yeah. evil. And, <laughs> you know, we're exposing that. Trust nobody. Don't 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 even trust me. I I'm like yeah, don't, don't I, trust me. Though. No. I can't remember shit. So. <laughs> don't trust me. I can remember way too much. Like there is no happy medium there. There's none. <laughs> oh, so. Emily, you you make YouTube videos. I do. And, <laughs> and they're really YouTube. good YouTube videos. Tell Thank the people you. about your YouTube videos. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. It's called Weird Reads with Emily Louise. Started off making videos about like religious cults and new age movement. And I've kind of moved into um, the more kind of conspiracy UFO world. And I'm currently um, making a series of videos that are going to lead up to like 1980s ufology and kind of trying to dissect the madness. And as we all know, 1980s ufology is the worst night is the worst ufology that there is out there. So (laughs) that's what you're going to get with me, too. That's where we're headed, because guess what? We're doing the same exact thing. The nice thing is, is that we complement each other, because if you want the visual aspect, you can go watch Emily's videos because they are really, really good. Or if you want slightly different, slightly different takes, you know, as well, like, you know. Ah, yeah, I'm 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 not as much a skeptic. Let's just put it. Yeah, you know, well, I, 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 maybe I, well, I'm a, like a paranoid skeptic. Yeah, that's how I. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a yeah. highly paranoid skeptic. So that's that's the label I'll take on. Not debunker because I'm not debunking. I'm right. just I don't trust any of these sus characters, and I'm riddled with paranoia. <laughs> I'm I'm like picturing like a Ghostbusters kind of like crossover with ufos where it's a bunch of debunkers because like they you know from the song you know like that is the weirdest part of the song like when they say busted makes me feel good which like it it, like (laughs) especially now like i don't know what you were thinking that should be rick doty's anthem you know i'm not sure if you saw that when that got exposed on twitter his um (laughs) his uh activities yes yeah that was um 
That was definitely something. <laughs> but like, um, you know, while Bustin makes Ghostbusters feel good, debunking makes Rick Doty feel good. And that's what he's all about. So um I hope you've enjoyed this uh what I'm I'm calling like the paranoid exorcism that I definitely needed, uh, and that we have gone down at this point. And like honestly, I, I love every part of this. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate oh, you're it. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. Yes. Thank you for uh, having me. Yes, I I appreciate you so damn much in this. Um, in in this, I don't even. I'm. It, it, this could be a fever dream. It could. It could be a fever <laughs> dream. I don't even know. But like, I feel like you are like the disinfo agent because you got information out of me that I don't share with anybody. You know, like <laughs> this is. The, the, I don't share opinions like this most of the time. <laughs> it's what i'm trying to do i'm just going around and like going to speak to all of like the people that, that have podcasts and everybody that talks about ufos and i'm slowly trying to make everybody slightly more paranoid trying yeah. to st- trying to start a mini revolution <laughs> yes slowly slowly but surely uh we are the revolution's coming it's it's on its way uh but in the meantime thank you all so much for for listening to this and uh don't forget to look up because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies or um underneath your door when rick doty's slipping some weird documents underneath it and and trying to get you to pass off some disinformation and it leads you to doing podcasts like this um or whacking off or whacking off in gray we trust Media.